2: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Messy and Co. I am Ashley here with my amazing co-host Gian. As always, uh Happy Friday, Gian. Let's start there. It's it's Friday. We have a rivalry. It's rivalry week. We have a Clásico tomorrow. And yes, I'm excited.
3: yes, yes. Yes, I am excited. Uh it is the eve before. El clásico, not uh, Real Madrid-Barça, but the With sunshine, the
2: sunshine clásico.
3: So that is exciting, exciting, exciting. We always get up for um, this Orlando team that thinks they are better than us that can't even uh, come close to it's us. A stadium so, that
2: has that doesn't have our name in it.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they name. I mean they named their stadium after us and that is um, if that doesn't show respect, I don't know what does. So, but yeah, we are excited to talk about this and excited for that early uh, early game tomorrow. So,
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's, you know, it's we're actually oh, about exactly 24 hours now that we're filming it. I'm not sure exactly when this is going to go out tonight, but yeah. we're filming it 4 p.m. and the game is mm. tomorrow at 4 30. So it uh, um it's really, really exciting. And, you know, to give a little context to the the historical rivalry that takes place here is that um, although we've only been around for a few years into Miami, Orlando city has been around for a while and they were the number only obvious, obviously franchise in uh, Florida, the only MLS team in Florida. And I lived in Orlando before because I went to college there in, the, in, in Orlando. And so I got to go to a few games throughout the time then. This was a while ago, not to age myself, but this was a while ago. And so uh, you know, I it was really exciting. And that was actually when uh when Kaka played for for uh Orlando was when I saw him, when you know the Brazilian yeah. and obviously who was amazing. And and that was one of the early cases of you know having a, an, a legend toward the end of his career come to MLS. Um but it's always and especially since the day Inter Miami started, Rival- rivalry. It's a hard word to say, say it over and over again, but the rivalry <laughs> of uh, Miami, Orlando, the sunshine, it's called the sunshine classical because Florida is called the sunshine state for those who didn't know. Um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a battle of the I four, which is the uh, name of the, uh, of what I guess like the highway connector that connects yeah. nine it's, you know, to get, that's getting a little is, granular. It's the one but that's always under that,
3: construction in case you were always, it's there.
2: where Disney is. And, you yeah. know, also another lesson for people who are watching who aren't from, you know, South Florida or aren't from America is that, you know, we have Disney World and universal and the theme parks and all that stuff, which is in Orlando. So, which is why they're also um, known
3: as the Mickey mouse club. Uh, that's why they're
2: also known as the Mickey mouse club. Cause <laughs> Disney is in, is in Orlando. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it since day 1 of our franchise and since you know games far before messi came and anyone came those games were always really difficult and you and tension filled because the you know the pink versus purple that's actually another thing i just thought about like pink and purple are kind of similar so it's really pink versus purple too when you think about it like colors that feud i don't know if that yeah, sounds yeah. silly but do you mean like it's pink and purple are like in the same like part of the color wheel i don't know i feel like people choose yeah. that maybe it's i mean in my, in my when personal young, life yeah, it, it, yeah you didn't probably experience yeah.
3: it no nah, but personally <laughs> yeah, i would yeah. never wear i would never wear purple um out like out in public i'm mean, purple is not my color and it's not because yeah. it's into miami but i actually like like a pastel like pink, pink. i will say yeah yeah i, I would wear yeah. that but it, um yeah it's just it's fitting that you know, a, a, a not very good team in Orlando would wear purple because
2: I don't know. Yeah, wow, Gian's game. firing on all cylinders. He's ready for it. But look, that <laughs> I think is it's something that we're doing really well in this league, which is creating yeah. rivalries and creating competition, and that is what has fans grow. That's when you get players who get up for those matches. That's you know the derbies. That's when you get uh, those those like battles in the stadiums, the energy, the tension all a huge part of sports and um yeah i we we are, we are a part of that rivalry and you know one of messi's first games that he played for us last year in the league's cup was against orlando and let me tell you something he he was ready for it he was he already embraced, <laughs> he embraced it immediately and you know he got a yellow card there was a lot of a lot of pushing and shoving, a lot of fouls, a lot of tiki and he was up for it. And you felt the energy in the stadium, and you felt the energy of the fans being like, "No, this is this is a clasico. This is this is a race the derby." And uh, we're back tomorrow to have one again in our home in our home field and uh, in Chase Stadium. I am really excited.
3: Yep, yep, I am excited as well. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, from what we've seen, Orlando has. Um, made a few gotten a few signings they're going to be very good offensively for from what it looks like uh, i think that you know one of the things that people might focus on is them having to play midweek in the conga champions cup um where they did beat uh, cavalry fc 3-1 to advance to the to advance to the round of 16 so um but i just kind of want to lay it out there you know this is a team uh, that played midweek, but only had two starters of their normal starting eleven play. So they are going to be. I think ninety percent of the team is going to. We be also rested. played
2: twice last week. the well, yeah. On Sunday.
3: Exactly. So you know we've also have and and our starters all played. They actually had a midweek game where uh, two of their starters didn't play. Uh, not two of their starters. Sorry, only two starters played for them. So they should have come well rested for tomorrow's game. Um, it was definitely a heavily rotated lineup. One of the things that is interesting, you know, they recently recently signed Muriel, the Colombian. He's a really good attacking forward. So that's going to be something to look out for as we face them tomorrow. He actually had uh, got his first start for them. And he actually got, uh, let's see here. He actually got an assist in his first game uh, to Nicolás, uh, to Nicolodeiro uh, for his first goal. So he's a guy that brings a lot of vision, a lot of pace. He's fast. So... Um, Miami's going to have their hands full. If he starts, we're not sure exactly if he's going to start, but if he does, that's something to look forward to. Um, and then also the, you know, Lodeiro, Nico Lodeiro is a guy that has, um, that's really good. He's a guy that can definitely put a lot of uh, good passes for him. He's the, um, he's their, their playmaker. So that's somebody that Busquets and Gomez are going to have their hands full as they face Orlando. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's going to be really tight but i think that inter miami needs to be careful because teams have noticed what it is that they struggle with there's there's a plan there's a there's they're starting to have um strategies to kind of hit miami where uh their weakest the most which is they have a weak defense at, at some at some points but more more than anything they're very weak when they get pressured they're a team that tends to make mistakes When other opponents have a high press on them, so I think that we're probably going to look for Orlando to continue that. That's something that um, RSL did. That's something that uh, Galaxy did. They made sure that they pressed really high.
2: Galaxy did it well.
3: Yeah, they made they 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 put a lot of stress on that midfield to come out playing from the back, and that's where we would see issues with some of Busquets passing that. Is going to be really important as we move forward for him to kind of get under wraps we just found out that he's still dealing with that injury that he sustained um against Visto kobe i believe in the in the preseason with his ankle so that's something that supposedly within the next 10 days or so should be resolved so that's going to be interesting to see if he even starts but um, definitely got to make sure that we are more accurate in our passing as we build out um but also Orlando has really fast wingers, and that's something that we need to be careful with as well. A lot of uh, these teams have been exploiting Inter-Miami on the wings, especially knowing that our fullbacks in Alba and Yedlin tend to play really high up, which leaves yeah. those spaces wide open for us. So that's going to be really important for us, too, uh for an Inter-Miami perspective of make sure that we're balanced in that attack. We're balanced in the sense of if Alba goes up, try to keep Yedlin a bit, closer to the defense to help or vice versa. And then just making sure that Busquets, whoever's in the midfield and Gomez are cognizant of the fact that, Hey, if Alba and Yerlin are both going up, let me make sure I'm in a position where I can rush back in case there's a counter attack. And we just don't leave our two CBs in the back, you know, struggling to fight against a a, a quick counterattacking team, which man galaxy really killed us in the counter attack. Like they had a lot of opportunities and that's something that I think that we need to be uh, very much, watchful for it. But, um, I don't know, like, what do you think, Ashley, what do you think is going to be something that you would like to see, I guess, from inter Miami when they face Orlando tomorrow, as far as tactics, how they play.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a real question. And I think it kind of segues well into our next topic, which is, you know, who's going to be playing and are we going to see some of our new signings, make a debut that could be, uh, leading to those tactical decisions. Um, in terms of tactics, I think that right now a lot of the sort of problem areas stem from how the midfield is constructed and how it relates to the passing, the uh, building of play uh, from the front front three. So what we needed to shore up with a lot during you know the game against LA Galaxy and what i imagined was part of the main game plan was spacing and yeah. making sure which is something we're going to talk about later is that you know Messi doesn't keep going further and further back in order to get the midfield going and to get the transition happening. Uh so you know in order to do that what are some things that could help improve that? Well number 1 and this really wasn't too much of a fault to him But with Kristoff is you can't play, I think, as high of a line that you would normally want to play for this 4-3-3 because he just doesn't have the pace that he used to have and the pace compared to, you know, Aviles, his partner, and Yevlin, who's very, very fast. So uh, how can that be resolved? Well, number one, our new center back named? Freire. (laughs) Freire. Uh, is probably from Pumas, who's here on loan, um, is is hopefully going to be fully fit and available to play. And so, I'm hoping that means that we switch to uh, him as part of that center back duo of a back four, which would be Yedlin, Frey, <laughs> okay, close enough, and uh, Aviles uh, and uh, Jordi Alba. And with that, I think it gives us a lot more speed and flexibility uh, with the back four. And would help, you know, alleviate the need for both Messi and Busquets to have to sit so far back in order to move forward. And because of that, it'll eliminate some of the issues with spacing. So that's what I'm hoping. Step one. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I agree 100 percent. That's definitely going to help um, add a bit of speed in that center back position. And a high
2: line, which is going to help with condensing the midfield and, you know, less space.
3: Which I, yeah, 100%, because if you're you're playing a high line, then you need to be able to make sure that if there is a counter, you can run back in time. And I think that a lot of times... Or you
2: keep them off sides. You keep them off sides during the counter attack.
3: And the the thing also is that if you're playing that high line and there's a counter counter attack and you have the forward right in line with that high line, for a guy like Kristoff, we've seen that where... The forward will play right next to Kristoff, uh, and then the midfielder, someone from the back line on the opposing team, is going to put a through ball to the back of Kristoff, and the faster forward will already have an advantage over Kristoff. So with Freire, we'll gain some speed and hopefully be able to do a few things where we can't do now with Kristoff. But I will give props to Kristoff. He's, he's kind of worked his butt off Um but he yeah, no, he's is, done a really good
2: job. Uh, yeah. You can see that they're yeah. also like every position and speed and the way they want to play. It's all very meticulously related. Yeah. And when you have either a him or Busquets, who obviously has had issues with his ankle and his ability, and even Suarez, who hasn't had the, you know, the top speed when those things aren't working exactly in line is when you have all those spaces created because each, each set can't move forward. Right. And they can't yeah. pick up the spaces they're supposed to. And that's what leaves all the gaps. Yeah. Um, and then the other player who is a new signing that we've been very excited for is Federico Redondo the Argent, the young argentine who uh is a defensive midfielder who's very good young impressive etc um he's more so we're not 100% sure if he's going to be able to play uh tomorrow because of you know he's still i think figuring out the last stages of the visa and getting up to the program in terms of you know the fitness etc hopefully he can play maybe in the second half i think there's some you know again we're not hundred percent sure but you know what what we can say about that is and we talked about it in our post game a little is that an ideal midfield three is probably gonna look something like uh gomez busquets and redondo right or something similar to that you know maybe yeah. wrestle instead of, or if they put gomez up front or you know redondo's not starting we'll see But that's what the ideal setup is, because then Redondo is a defensive midfielder who is very strong and has great awareness of the pitch. And when Busquets can be more so of of an orchestrator and a conductor on the field and not having to worry so much about what's happening behind him, gives him a chance to do his better strengths. And because of that leads to, I think, a more free flowing game for us, more space opened up where it needs to be and getting, you know, on that front foot.
3: Yeah, 100%. Redondo's going to help Busquets uh, very much. He's going to be able to play that role that uh, Dixon Arroyo did very well when he played next to Busquets, where he's the guy that's And what
2: Gregory was going to do.
3: Exactly. There'll be the guy that will be the position where Redondo can be the guy that drops between the two center backs to help and make a back line of three. He'll be the guy that can recuperate the ball. Head that and give that either to Busquets, who is will be the one to kind of connect the defense to the midfield. He'll be the one to put, a, a hopefully, a, a good ball to Messi, or he'll be the one to put a ball to Suarez. Um, but Redondo can also do that, which is really important as well. Redondo yeah. has really good vision. He's going to be a guy that can also facilitate from that midfield, just like Busquets can. Um, but to your point, he's going to be the guy with the fresher legs, with more energy, with more speed. He'll be able to kind of take that big load off of Busquets.
2: And speaking of taking a big load off, that sounds weird. But anyway, (laughs) what I mean is, uh, you know, something that Tata said this morning and that we have kind of thought about and and touched on is uh, the fact that Messi needs help. And what does that mean exactly? He doesn't need help in terms of his ability to play soccer. That's not what he needs help with. He doesn't need help with being great. He needs help in where he needs to be on the pitch in order to – best help the team. And like we kind of just alluded to um, because of, you know, the, maybe the gaps of spaces we've had, and the issues of converting sort of the back third to the front third and using that midfield. he's had to come back a lot and he's had to exert himself more and try to create plays from the halfway line, which is not what we want. We want him to be, you know, being that number 10, being that just absolute wizard who can be from that midfield forward and create goals and create opportunity and create magic um and you know we're going to too much now but tata's saying something that we all agree on is that you know messi should not be exerting himself at that level for 90 minutes he's going to be playing a lot for us be adding a lot of value and kind of with what things we've said is hopefully going to help alleviate that
3: yeah 100 uh you know messi has like you said been having to go deep to get the ball because there just hasn't been um too much, I Free guess, ball, uh, there hasn't been a lot of uh, fluidity within that midfield to be able to connect with Messi, where Messi's having to do all that work. He's overexerting himself. He's. Um, that's one of the things that Tata said. He's noticed that he's just physically, he's, it's taken a toll on Messi. And Messi's best when he doesn't have to focus on that, where he can get the ball and he can either assist... Suarez, or he can uh, finish the ball or uh, get to the goal himself. And I think that that's also going to help the game open up for Suarez right now. Suarez, through the first two games, he does have an assist, so that's great to see, but he's a goal scorer, and that's why he's here on this team. And right now, at the stage in his career, Suarez needs to get the ball in a position that's going to allow him to be able to do what a number nine does and just shoot on goal. And that's something that he does very well. And right now, because of that lack of fluidity, uh, I think that he hasn't really been able to excel there. So now hopefully if they find a way, especially with Redondo, Redondo is going to help in that aspect very much. Messi can play higher up, do less running, and be able to focus more be on more scoring himself. And, and I think that ultimately that's just going to put more of a stress on the opposing defense where they – They're just chilling right now, just focused on Suarez. Whereas if Messi's able to play higher up, that's going to be tough. That's going to open up the spaces for Suarez because the defense is going to have to focus more on Messi. And I think that this ultimately helps the team very much offensively. And we'll start to see a lot more goals. We'll see the net open up a lot more for us.
2: Agreed. And you mentioned a player uh, who is supposed to be scoring goals for us. That is Luis Suarez. And we've already spoken a lot about him, but... Yeah. There's more to say because uh he has been ex- apparently experiencing some knee pain which shocking I would never have guessed based on how he runs and how he's been able to play yeah. that he may be having some knee problems um and he's been sore so there are some thoughts and talks that he may be starting on the bench and uh while we don't know that for sure and it's only the third game of the season um, it allows us to maybe now like you know finish up the show and make some predictions about Uh, you know, will Suarez start? Who will the lineups be? How are we going to score? And kind of see how it plays out. So I will start with that uh, because we want to keep this episode short and sweet and kind of give you guys a preview of the game tomorrow and what we are hoping to see and expect and get excited for. Um, Back four, I think, like I said, uh, Christophe is going to move to the bench and we're going to have Freres start and be that center back duo with uh, Aviles. I think in the midfield, uh, Busquets will be playing again. He will be starting as we'll be playing again because apparently it was just uh, he got like what was it like a little bit of a cramp or like a yeah. little bit of a tight up? It was nothing severe, so I expect him to be playing. Uh, and then it's going to either be Gressel or Redondo. Hopefully, it's Redondo, maybe Ruiz, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think yeah. I, would, I would like to see Gressel on the bench, but I think he probably will end up starting, so we'll have to see. Um, and then the front three, I'm going to say it's going to be Taylor, Messi, and Campana. I think Suarez is going to start tomorrow. I think they've planted the seed very strategically to try and immediately work in the availability for him to not to start a single match and to rest and to give Campana a chance to start in what's going to be a very high-tense, high-energy game against a very difficult, exciting opponent. Um, I think Campana is going to get the nod. And if he doesn't and they want to keep Suarez, then maybe they're starting to plant the seed to say that, you know, moving forward, he's not going to start every game. But I think that if there's going to be a curveball tomorrow, it's going to be that.
3: Yeah, uh, I can definitely see that same back four that you mentioned, especially with uh, Freire coming in and being, uh, it looks like hopefully available. So that back four is definitely going to look a bit different with him in there. As far as the midfield, the thing is, it's, tough because there's just so many uh, options at midfield right now and different ways that they can play that. But for me, if Redondo is available, definitely Redondo has to be there with Busquets and Gomez. To me, Gomez has been one of the top two players so far in the, early on in the season through the first two games. Gomez um, has played amazing, uh, making sure that, uh, especially on defense in that midfield and also being able to go up and create opportunities, I he's, I believe he scored and uh, he had other opportunities. It's just a bit unlucky where he could have scored other ones. So I definitely think Gomez Gomez and Busquets, I think, will be there. Redondo is the guy that I'm not sure it could be Gressel. Um, for, through the first two games, I'm not 100% convinced on Gressel. He could be a guy that uh, comes in as a sub Depending on where the game is at, and that's could be kind Ruiz.
2: Of, Ruiz didn't be available uh, this morning, Ruiz, so maybe they're saying it could be
3: Ruiz. I would go, yeah, I would go Ruiz 100% over Gressel if it's going to be between if Redondo isn't available. To me, it's, it's Ruiz over Gressel. And then as far as up top, I'm a big Robert Taylor fan. I think you need a speedy wing to balance out the fact that Suarez doesn't have that speed if he does end up uh, starting, and then the fact that Messi isn't doesn't play as a wing. He he's kind of all yeah. over the field, so you need that that, uh, versatility that Taylor brings. So I hope Taylor starts if, uh, if I I think rest Suarez for now, uh, bring him in as a super sub later on in the second half, start Campana, start the the younger legs, add a little bit of speed. It's still early on in the season where you can kind of experiment with that and see if maybe, um, adding that different dynamic that Suarez brings is going to, to help on the field. And then obviously you're going to have Messi up front, but uh, I think it's gonna be a really close game. I think that uh, you know our last the last time that we met, we tied one one. Uh, we did beat them in Leagues Cup. Uh, but I really do think it's gonna be a tight game. and if you want, just to end this, I'll go ahead and say I think it's gonna be a two one. I think it'll be a two one uh, very hard fought game. I think it'll be one one for the majority of the game and then we're gonna have uh, late game heroics by somebody on Inter Miami. Most likely Messi, um, to win it in the last 10, 15 minutes with a 2 1. So, what do you think?
2: I think we're going to win 2 0. I actually two-nil? think that Drake is going to keep, you know, standing on his head, He's a phenomenal goalkeeper. I think having fair start defensively is going to make a very positive difference, and our defense is going to keep being strong. And I think we're going to score. I don't think it's gonna be super pretty. Like, I don't think it's going to be a runaway, but I, I'm enjoying the defense and the level we're playing at. And, uh, we just got to sharp that, that front, you know, getting that yeah. fluidity and getting the scores. And hopefully, like, you know, we said, making some of those other adjustments on other players throughout the pit is the lead to an easier opportunities for the front three. And I bank on them making them. So two nil in for Miami. Let's go. Vamos.
3: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah.
2: So we're excited. Uh, I will be at the game tomorrow. I don't know how many of you guys who are watching are watching locally, but if you are and you see me, please hi. I like meeting you guys. It's really awesome. Um, but we will have a post-game live stream, as always, after the game. And uh, we're really excited. So thank you so much for listening, for watching uh, this preview of Inter Miami versus Orlando City. And we will see you next time.
3: Vamos Inter.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile